Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 596, air date April 28th, 2020. Talking about, yes. you know, with all of the coronaviruses, everything that's going on, they uh-huh. have this quarantine in our homes. We're about to go through the phase where now people can start venturing out into the environment. Mm-hmm. We have, I want to say, I call him a health guru. Yes. A health guru here. So that he can break things down for us. Yes. You yes, know, we, we can talk them. about the health, talk about our bodies. Yes. These are things that we need to talk about yes. instead of allowing the left mm-hmm. to, and, and, and the, the big farmer to push all of these medicines upon us. That's right. Like I said, let's get back to basics. Let's get back to basics. So, so still introduce. So right now we have coming to the scene is Dr. Shiva. Um, he holds four degrees from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, including a PhD in biological engineering. He is a scientist, an engineer, an innovator, and he created the emails. And most of all, what I love about this man is the fact that he's all about your health mm. and your the centering of your health and your body. Balance. Balance. Yes. So right now, let's just uh, give a warm welcome to Dr. Shiva. Yeah. I, I love everything you guys do. Thank you, Diamond and Silk, for all the great uh, content you put out there. Wow. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, everybody has been talking about you. Like, you are the talk of the town. Yes. And everybody, you have to talk to Dr. Shiva. You have to talk to Dr. Shiva. And we've seen some videos, and we love the fact that you do promote clean health yes. with everything that's going on we keep hearing viruses diseases bacteria and we keep hearing uh, uh people shouting out vitamins and and even herd herbs. immunity and herbs and things herbs of that nature stuff. yes we need you to give us the rundown so here's my first question to make sure we clarify this what is the difference between viruses bacteria and disease because they're calling the coronavirus a virus but then we'll hear them say this disease yeah so it's a good question where we really want to start is to uh, one of the words that i'm going to talk about a lot is the word system um, and that if people understand what a system is all of this stuff really falls into place a system is really a set of interconnected parts it's not just one little part You know, our body is a system. The entire ecosystem is a system. The earth is a system. We in this conversation are are a system. So the first thing is a system is a set of interconnected parts. And how those those parts are interconnected, diamond and silk, is uh, whether you can determine, you know, the holistic analysis of that whole system, okay? But the key thing is a system. So when you look at the immune system, the immune system is not just one little thing. It's a very complex system. And the operating system of our body in many ways is the immune system. It's gone, you know, if you believe in evolution, it's gone through billions of years of, you know, engineering and evolution through nature. If you believe in God's natural design, it's something that was really created to protect us. And if we support that immune system, it protects us. And there are ways that we can support it. Clean air, clean water, clean food, what we put in our mouth. Now, pathogens are all around us, bacteria, viruses, parasites, fungus, they're all around us. Within us, we have about 380 trillion viruses. We have about 60 trillion bacteria. And then we have, uh, you know, about 6 trillion cells. So if you think about it, 10 times our body, our cells are made up of viruses. 60 times, I'm sorry, a bacteria, 
60 times that are viruses. Does that make sense? So we're basically a walking what you would call a quote unquote germ factory. So, so repeat if, that again, what, it, what you was just saying about the, the, the 60%. Can you re repeat that again so sure. we can make sure we have clarity? Yeah, so, so basically if you look at our body, one of the things that came out of the Human Genome Project and recent work that they've done is our body, you know, if you look at all the cells, all the tissues, you know, we have what's called a cell, right? A cell is a nucleus with a membrane and cytoplasm, you know, the little cell. Well, we have six trillion of those. So six trillion cells is a universe that makes diamond up and six trillion is the one that makes silk up or Shiva up, okay? Six okay. trillion of these cells. But around those six trillion cells, we have another 60 trillion bacteria and that's called the microbiome. So for every one cell we have, there's 10 bacteria living within us, mm. all right? Okay. okay. Then we have separate from that, we have another estimated 380 trillion viruses within us. So for every one cell that we have, you can, think, uh, you can think about, we have about roughly 60 viruses, right? 60 times six, roughly 360, 380. So we're basically not just us, we're walking around with you know, a lot of our brothers and sisters known as bacteria and viruses, okay? Within us. Does that make sense? So right. we're, like, yeah. we're like a big jungle of us plus bacteria plus viruses. So that's who we are. So bacteria are essentially organisms. But a virus really doesn't come into its own existence until it interacts with a cell or another bacteria, all right? So viruses are a little bit different. They're not a cell, uh, they're not a, a bacteria or a cell. Uh, a virus literally is a structure that its entire purpose in life is to replicate itself. That's what the purpose of a virus is. And we have 380 trillion of those within us, and they're not all bad. Right, they actually interact with uh, uh, aspects of our bacteria, our body, in ways that we're only starting to figure out, and that is called the virome, V-I-R-O-M-E, the viruses that all those uh, 60 trillion bacteria are called the microbiome. So we really have us, the microbiome, and then the virome. And the important thing to understand is this stuff is really, really new stuff. No one really knows how all the interactions take place. But we do know that these systems are very important for the entire immune system within our body, which we'll talk about. But uh, the, the overall understanding typically in the media is, oh my God, bacteria and viruses, right? The movies, like some monster coming in you and it's gonna eat your heart out, right? Are you, you know, Ebola, you're gonna bleed to death. Or it's always been uh, promoted that these viruses come attack us, that they're the ones that come harm us and eat at our tissues. And this is the fear-mongering that I talked about in my first tweet, because that fear-mongering, which is really based on a fake science and a fake news model of promoting this, is an essentially geared to create fear. So we result in shutting down the economy without thinking about it. We have a set of people who uh, don't tell everyone to shut up, which is no more dissent. And ultimately, the idea is to have mandated medicine, top-down you know, Soviet-style medicine. Someone on the top is going to tell you, me, and all of us what goes into our bloodstream. Mm. So it really has so, a three-part purpose. So, so, so before we go into the three-part purpose, it's back to the virus. Mm -hmm. So when I hear you talk about the virus and the different virus and, uh, that's inside of us already, how do we contract another virus? Right. If it's already in us. Yes. Yeah, well, well, there's, there's there, well you, you have 380 trillion viruses that are viruses that are there. You may have remnants of things. All of us carry little pieces of viruses 
Uh, it, the issue is the abundance of them, the amount of them. Look, there are some viruses that are not in you that are outside that will come to you. Evolution is constantly taking place. Nature is constantly changing. Viruses are being created. It's like, you know, just like people come and people go. Viruses come and viruses go, right? Life is not just as human beings. There's, it's quite extraordinary, right? So how do you contract a virus? Well, if you look out, you know, you ever see light and you see those little dust particles? Well, those are viruses hanging out. Those are bacteria. They're all around us. So how do we contract them? Well, the reality is we're interacting with viruses and bacteria and pathogens and fungus every moment, all, all the time. I mean, I can't, you know, probably every millisecond we're interacting with them. The important thing to understand, it's not like we are here and the virus is over there. Right. <clears throat> all these things are everywhere. They're within us. They're outside of us. We're, it's like it being a, 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 a goldfish in a bowl or a fish. You know, the, 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 water, the water in that bowl is all sorts of viruses and bacteria that we interact with. We're living among them. Mm -hmm. So the real question comes down. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we're, I mean, it's, we're living in, a, in a, an amazing, beautiful jungle of viruses, bacteria, and everyone's trying to survive. And uh, some of them make it and some of them don't, right? It's the struggle of life. All of this is occurring at the grand scale and all the way down at the molecular scale. And this well, well, is life. Well, what makes this virus, what makes the coronavirus so different than all of the other viruses mm -hmm. that lives in us and that surrounds us every day? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think that's the fundamental question. What makes this virus different? And why has there been so much focus on this virus? Well, let's talk about this. So remember, flu season comes typically, what, around September to March, right? Mm -hmm. In the uh -huh. United States. Well, at that time, um, people are more susceptible to get colds and flus, et cetera. Why? Well, one of the reasons is that we're in an environment where we don't have as much sun, right? We're in an environment where we have less vitamin D. So this is very, very important that people need to understand when we talk about uh, the fact is vitamin D is an antimicrobial. It's something that actually can take out bacteria, viruses, fungi, you know, et cetera, and parasites. Vitamin D is extremely important. We forget that we live on a thing called the earth, and there's another very big thing called the sun, about 6,000 degrees. Without the sun, nothing exists. Mm -hmm. That sun provides us something very, very important called UV radiation, which hits our skins, and particularly you know, people like us of uh, you know, brown, darker skin, we need more of it because it's harder for the UVB radiation to get through. So we actually need more vitamin D during the winter so, because it's harder for us to get it. Um, but in general, all people need a certain amount of vitamin D. Now, typically, if you're outside, before the, the winter comes, you get a lot of that, right? And you store it up, you get enough vitamin D. But that vitamin D is essential to take on the bacteria and to take on viruses because it, it it's make sure that the ones that are not appropriate for your body get taken out. So how do we, uh, so in the time, around the winter time, there's lots of different flu viruses. The coronavirus broadly refers, refers to a big class of viruses, a big class of fru, uh, flu viruses. Does that make sense? Coronavirus, there's a lot of viruses that fall under coronavirus. However, now, now what are these viruses? A virus literally is its own life form. Uh, many times think about it, it's got a little ball, okay? Inside that ball is what's called ribonucleic acids. Essentially, not DNA, sort of half of DNA, but it's essentially DNA-like structures. And around that is a ball, uh, of proteins, and then sometimes they have spikes on it, okay? Right. So it's basically a ball, 
And, and I'm sort of simplifying this for the audience, but basically it's a container which contains ribonucleic acids. In the case of the coronavirus, there was a class of coronavirus which gave acute respiratory disorders, okay, acute res respiratory issues. One of them was SARS, remember about several years ago? Yes. Caused acute respiratory uh, function. Another one was MERS, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome virus. Um, this is a class of that which, is, um, which people believe causes acute respiratory dysfunction, all right? The difference between this virus and the SARS is remember I told you inside that ball is these nucleotide base sequences. Typically, they're about 30,000 nucleotides long. And think about a ladder, you know, with 30 different rungs to it. Mm -hmm. um, that's the nucleotide base sequence. A portion of that, around 1,500 of those base sequences are different than SARS. And the thesis was that this uh, virus is a little more, um, uh, uh, ca can cause more death than the SARS virus. Two parts to it. This virus also has a higher infectivity rate. So what do I mean by that? So think about your cell is this big ball, talking about how does the virus get in. Um, now, if the cell has certain protection, the virus is never even going to be able to come there. And we'll talk about that. But if you have a cell, and remember those old lunar uh, modules? Remember the, uh, when Apollo uh, 13 landed on the Mars? I mean, uh, or landed on the moon. Remember what I'm talking about? Those little landers? Yeah. So a virus literally lands on your cell surface, and it attempts to get into your cell and uses your cell's factory to try to replicate itself. It's like a, a crook. He comes and takes the machinery of your cell and it tries to replicate itself. And then it leaves with more particles. And then they go replicate the next cell, the next cell. The key in all of this is the amount of replication that takes place. I mean, if you have one virus particle, no big deal. We probably have all one of something in us, okay? The issue is your body is able to detect it and keep it under control in the normal case of the immune system. But it's like, you know, you don't clean your house enough, right? So you get all sorts of mess occurring everywhere. And that's what occurs here. If you don't take out these pathogens right away or your body doesn't naturally treat it, they grow and they grow and they grow and they replicate. Okay, so you talk about treatment. So mm -hmm. let's talk about this for a minute. So the president, when he mentioned the word Hydro, hydroxychloroquine. Chloroquine, yep. Okay, Chloroquine. right? And the media, everybody went into a frenzy. But I was doing a little research and I stumbled upon back in 2005 when the national, um, uh, 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 is it the national, the N... As a national Institute of Health or the National the Science national, uh, The National Institute of Health. Yeah. You know, Dr. Uh, Fossey, 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 he's over, he's the director over something at the National Institute of yeah, Health. Yeah, of, of the infectious disease group there. That's yep. right, right? But back in 2005, they did a research mm -hmm. on SARS and with that particular medicine, say it, Silk. Hydroxychloroquine. Right. Yeah. And, it found, and it found to have helped people with SARS because it found to have helped that particular condition. Mm -hmm. And that was back in 2005. And what I do not understand is one of the top doctors is got his finger on the pulse of America, whether yeah. we go outside, whether we stay in, whether we wear masks, didn't even go back to the research that they did back in 2005 and said, wait a minute, let's see if this medicine work so that we can save lives instead of everybody trying to find ventilators. 
And yeah, it's a good question. Trying to find a new vaccine, a create new va a, a vaccine or something right. for this. If you already did studies on it back in 2005, mm -hmm. why not go back to your foundation to see if this will work? Right. Yeah, so, you're, so, so basically, Diamond and Silk, you're asking the fundamental question. So why is it that when there are existing solutions to support the immune system, not only H hydroxychloroquine and zinc and vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin C, which we should talk about, um, why is this guy not even talking about any of this? Why is this not, you know, he's always at the podium there. Why is there not one mention of, you know, you know, the previous research on hydroxychloroquine? Why is there not any mention of why don't we use vitamin C? Because there's been so much research. You, you, you have the situation, if you go back to what happens when a virus comes in, and I want to talk about this, but just following through, when you have, a, when you have a, 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 someone's body, your body, my body, anyone's body, you, we have this thing called the immune system. Right. Now, in, in the normal condition, we have all these viruses inside of us. I've got all these viruses. You meet people, you meet friends, right? People sneezing on each other, whatever. It's not like everyone's getting sick immediately, right? Everyone has a different threshold of the immune system. Now, in the normal case, if your immune system is supported probably, uh, 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 properly, uh, what happens is a virus comes in, your body recognizes it through what's called the innate immune system, you know, through your eyes, through your nose, your ears, you know, your skin. This is called like your first barrier. Mm -hmm. And in that innate immune system, we have these amazing cells, which are like the military Marines. They detect it and they try to take it out. Things like macrophages, all right? That's one kind of cell. After that, it goes through other systems, like the interferon system. And then it goes through the antibody system. We, remember we talked about all those gut bacteria, the microbiome. Mm -hmm. That's right, that's right. All of this is connected to your brain. The point is, this entire system is a very amazing system of multiple systems working together to make sure when pathogens come, uh, like a beautiful orchestra conductor, all of these come and they're modulated. You know, it's not, you hit a bump and that you have a nice shock absorber and they take care of you. That's the immune system. Now, what happens is that let's say your immune system is compromised. How can that occur? Let's say you, for example, eat a lot of sugar, way too much sugar. What happens is the sugar uh, creates candida. The candida, which is a type of fungus, which right. knocks out two of your pistons in your immune system, your macrophages and your T cells, T hyphen cells, mm -hmm. which are part of your system, which creates antibodies, sharpshooters, which take out that virus or that uh, pathogen, et cetera. Okay. So when you do stuff to our bodies, which is consuming the wrong foods, eating dirty water, dirty uh, food, you know, you don't, you get pesticides, these kinds of things, they screw up your gut microbiome. So you can compromise our immune system. And you know what happens? The best analogy I can give is imagine someone ties both hands um, behind your um, back, right? You're handcuffed and someone's coming at you. Well, you want to protect yourself. You're going to probably use your legs and flail even harder than ever. You may actually accidentally hit one of your friends, right? Because you're in a state of distress. Mm -hmm. When our immune systems are compromised, what happens? You have only a few cylinders left and these are called cytokines and that one weaponry that you have starts firing like crazy and when it fires like crazy it not only tries to take out the virus but it also takes up parts of your tissue it attacks you it attacks oh, you. that's how autoimmune diseases come exactly there you go exactly so let's really understand this and Fauci's not talking about this because the answer to that solution which is the truth leads to a solution, 
that does not fit a certain agenda, which we will talk about. The real issue here is when you look at the broad mass of the American population over the last 40 years since Fauci's been there, we've had the highest infant mortality rate in the Western world, highest. We've had the lowest longevity rate. I think 50 to 54% of our kids have autoimmune disorders. One out of five kids have some type of mental disorder, right? We have the highest growing obesity rates. Now, combined with all of this, let's forget even put food over here. You know what the number one reason they found that supports your immune system, why people live long? Number one reason. Out of everything people did, people studied everything. What is it? Top three reasons people live long healthy. That means you have a powerful immune system. I keep saying the immune system is our operating system. Good health, good immune system. The number one reason people live long is guess what? Social connections, fellowship. They have friends, they have family, they go to church. They're able to meet people, right? Whatever that is. And that's energy. That's energy created between. Exactly. That's the love. That's friendship. You know, you can count on somebody. You can walk down the street. You're not looking. You know, you have friends. And that's the number one reason. In 1988, a landmark study was done which showed that social isolation, when people have no friends, when people don't feel, feel they can count on somebody, that leads, that the detriment of that is worse than high blood pressure, worse than smoking, worse than obesity. Three of the pre-existing conditions we're talking about, which people who get coronavirus are dying from, right? Most of the people are dying from this virus, like meant most of the flus that come, are people of pre-existing conditions. We just had a close friend of ours, he smoked for 30 years, was always you know, in and out of hospitals, always had some pre-existing conditions. Well, they just tagged him a COVID-19, but that's not the reason. I mean, he, he's had pre, but the statistic will be, that's why he died, well, right? Wait, 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 wait. Mm. First of all, did the friend pass away? Yes, he just passed away yesterday. Okay, but did they test him? See, okay, okay, so let's get on this here right mm. quick. Yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah. So, people are, are passing away for pre-existing conditions. That means a condition that they've already had. Mm -hmm. But if they're not testing them for COVID-19, why are they counting the death as COVID-19? Because well, that's going to severely inflate the numbers. And once the media get a hold to it and put it out there, it's going to create panic and fear. Because all we're seeing is death, death, death. And it, and it appears to me like they're trying to uh, make sure that the numbers fit their narrative. Like this is some big grand thing that's happening to make it make us feel like you have to be vaccinated in order to be able to be a, a function, a functionality of this particular country. Exactly. Or, or Look, this, this is, the, it's, it's, it's even more well-planned than this. Mm. You've got to understand what's, what's really going on here is a WHO, the World Health Organization, led by a guy who loves the Chinese Communist Party, and the former head of it was, uh, had, was, uh, was from the Chinese Communist Party. How does China operate? Well, their model is top-down. A few set of people know everything, and they treat China as one big factory, and everyone works for them, right? A few set of overlords. Now, the WHO came up with, you know, they're the ones, you know, come up with codes of diagnosis. If you ever, you know, knock on wood, no one has to go to the hospital, but if you ever have to go see a doctor, you know, they do a diagnosis. Okay, you have this or this or this. And, you know, they type it into their computer system so the insurance companies pay them. Right. That's called a diagnostic code. Well, the WHO comes up with those codes and they actually get paid, by the way, for it. It's a whole other business model. So they come up with the diagnostic codes. So they came up with two codes, as I understand, 
from some very close hospital administrators that I've spoken to for COVID-19. One was you were actually tested for COVID-19. And we should talk about the test, how, how, how many false positives that test can generate, okay? Mm -hmm. But whatever that may be, you actually were quote-unquote tested and you, they said you have COVID-19. The second thing is a very fluffy code that they had. Well, it sort of looks like and smells like COVID-19. You know, he's got some chest issues or et cetera. So the doctor is given a lot more freedom. So those two codes are what are used. Now, in the U.S. hospitals, the CDC, which I was privy to, send out a letter to the, all the hospital administrators encouraging them. Listen to this. Encouraging them to confuse both of those codes. Well, if they're the other one, it doesn't matter which one you use. All right? So this is what you're talking about is cooking the books because, and at the same time, what's fascinating to observe is, you know, we're still in the flu season. The number of pneumonia cases are interesting enough dropping. Okay. So those not the pneumonia cases, which are normally at a certain level or lower, you know, and some people have showed this almost the same as the COVID cases going up. So clearly we don't know what the numerator is like simple, you know, fifth grade math. We don't know what the numerator really is. And when you look at the COVID-19 test, uh, without getting to the details, they use. I'm going to do a video on this later tonight to educate everyone. It's called uh, DNA polymerase chain reaction. They're looking for a little piece. Remember, I told you that ladder, which is a nucleotide. They're looking for a little piece to match it up. And the way they do that process is not a quantitative process. Even the guy Kerry Mullis, who won the Nobel Prize in this field in chemistry, he said, "Look, the PCR test is not a quantitative test. It's qualitative. Qualitative." Well, it sort of is in that neighborhood. They have a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. And again, this is part of the science people need to understand. So when they say people have COVID-19, the piece of the virus piece that they're looking for can easily match to other coronaviruses, which we're all probably carrying. Okay? okay Dr. Shiva, so, I just on a telehealth call with my own doctor or something like that. How do you know it's COVID-19? How do we know that when it tests positive, it's not for another coronavirus? Right. Exactly. And, and that's the best question to ask because what they do is, remember, the entire history of always blaming a virus or a bacteria for some disease has been the history of the medical establishment. And I, we can talk more about this. It's like a district attorney trying to find somebody to pin the crime on so he can get, you know, you know, he can uh, get reelected again, okay, or get promotions. And this has been part of the medical establishment that goes back for a long, long time since the germ theory was created, you know, with Louis Pasteur. People have always thought the germ is a problem. So I'll give you an example. Scurvy. You know, scurvy, when, when sailors used to go out and their teeth used to fall out, they used to get bleeding. Well, when scurvy first came, they said, oh, it must be a bacteria. These sailors living too close to each other, they're, you know, they're unhygienic. They're passing something along. It must be a bacteria. Now, many of the ship's captains knew that, hey, if you give them lime, you know, they wouldn't have scurvy, which is vitamin C. Well, no one believed this. The scientists were hardcore. We got to find that virus. They called them the virus and bacteria hunters. Well, finally, when vitamin C was isolated, it was clearly shown that scurvy is not from, you know, some bug. It is from the lack of vitamin C. When soldiers went on those sh uh, ships, they didn't take enough lemons, and that's why they called eventually, I'm so, not soldier sailors, they called them limeys, because they used to eat a lot of lime. Take another disease, pellagra. Pellagra, if you look in the uh, 18, 1700s, people get awful eczema, you know, it's, it's horrible. Um, 
people said, this must also be a disease. We got to quarantine people. We have, it must be Italian immigrants bringing in this disease. Well, finally one doctor woke up and he went to an asylum and he saw, wait a minute, the doctors and the nurses were not getting this and the farmers were getting it who worked near the asylum. And it turns out that the farmers were only eating corn all the time, corn, 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 corn. Mm-hmm. And the other people are eating meat and vegetables and et cetera. Well, those guys weren't getting enough niacin, which is an extremely important B vitamin. So finally they said, okay, let's beef things up with niacin and so on. You see, the history of medicine has always been, I'm going to be the guy who wins the Nobel Prize yeah. by finding this virus. And that's been the motivation. Now, fast forward to Fauci and HIV. This is going to sound quite radical, but it isn't. Come on. Robert Gallo was a scientist who was brought up on misconduct charges. Remember when people were suddenly dying of this mysterious disease called AIDS? Right. Uh, remember in the 80s? Yeah. Uh, well, again, AIDS, what is AIDS? You, you said it before, autoimmune disorders, but it's, it's similar. You're suppressing the immune system. Your immune system gets suppressed. That's why it's called acquired immune deficiency syndrome, AIDS. So what happens when that happens? Well, how do you get your immune system suppressed? Well, you can do it in many different ways. Well, if you, let's say you go forever taking drugs all day, all day long, right? Um, or, uh, or getting immunosuppressive drugs given to you, you suppress your immune system. So one of the important things that occurred around that time was people associated HIV, again, trying to pin the crime on this virus to AIDS. And it was a huge scare that was created. Remember pandemic, people in Africa are going to die. Well, 60, 70% of people in Zambia have HIV. They carry it. It does nothing to them. So what Robert Gallo, who was one of Fauci's predecessors or his colleagues, said HIV is creating AIDS. And in fact, he was brought up on misconduct charges because he actually stole the HIV virus viruses to do his experiment from the French. And then the experiment he did was a faulty experiment. It was front page of the New York Times. Well, who came to his rescue was Fauci. Gallo stepped into the background and Fauci essentially took over the hypothesis HIV created AIDS, you got all the Hollywood celebrities, they started doing concerts, it became a massive industry. Fear, fear, fear. Well, the truth is, a guy like Peter Duisberg, who was one of the youngest tenured professors at Berkeley, one of the youngest people to enter the National Academy of Sciences, one of the most honest, true scientists, not an academic, Peter Duisberg said, wait a minute, before you can pin the crime on a virus to this disease, you must show four things. Step one, you have to isolate the virus in abundance, diamond and silk, not just one of them. All of us probably have a little bit of something in us. You have to find a lot of it in the person. So if someone says they have AIDS, you have to find a lot of it. Step two, this is by Robert Koch's postulates who won the Nobel Prize many, many years ago. This is like the basis of virology. You have to find a lot of the virus, step one. Step two, you have to take some of that virus and grow it in a little test tube, a Petri dish. Then step three, you have to take it and give it to another animal, and that animal better get the same disease you saw over here, not some other disease. Mm. And step four, you should be able to take the virus back and show it's the same. So what I just taught you was Koch's postulates. Most MDs don't even know this, all right, because their medical school education is big pharma education. If this, give this drug. If this, give this. But this is a foundations of modern, you know, before the district attorney can blame that person, you have to show these four things. Well, Peter Duisberg said, wait a minute. There's no Koch's postulates. It's, not being, it's being violated. You can't pin it to HIV, to AIDS. However, they didn't care. 
the scientific consensus with all the drum beating of the media, with guys like Fauci who built his career on this. That's, what's so, that's why I get so upset with this. That's why I ran that petition, Fire Fauci, because a guy like me actually knows. And let me tell you, one of the things is, people at MIT, my colleagues know, when I used to work there, in, in 2004, when I was doing my PhD at MIT, I had read Peter Duisberg's work in 1993, and I was taking a class on viruses. And I was one of 40 kids. And when it got to the AIDS virus, I, I raised my hand and I asked John Essigman, he's one of the a great toxicologists, I said, hey, John, isn't it true that HIV does not cause AIDS? Now, remember, everyone believed this is the truth. Right. The whole class became very quiet. And John Essigman said something interesting. He goes, you know, what Shiva's saying is about Koch's postulates that Robert uh, Peter Duisberg said that HIV did not fulfill Koch's postulates. And John went on to say, he was very honest, he said, Peter's a very respected scientist. So the reason people need to understand this is to this date, the HIV causality to AIDS has never been proven, but they pushed on scientific consensus like CO2 is a pollutant, mm -hmm. right? They push it on people and the very, very, very ignorant people in the media New York Times, et cetera, who don't really want to, they have these young kids who think they're journalists, cut and paste, blah, 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 said this, blah, 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 said this. They don't have degrees in science, they don't know math, they don't know in engineering, nor do they have the humility to want to go learn it. So what you have is you have fake science being converted to fake news. Fake science, fake news, and then you say it enough, oh yeah, HIV causes AIDS. What do you mean HIV doesn't cause AIDS? Even today, you know, my sister's an MD, when I brought this up, she goes, oh no, that's crazy. Now even she will admit, Oh, it's AIDS-related diseases. You see, they twist it a little bit, like, you know, climate change. They start changing the words. So the bottom line I wanted to share that with you is that you have a disease, and then you have viruses over here. To always want to pin this virus to a disease helps a much larger narrative, as you were saying, Diamond, and so. Mm -hmm. And what is that narrative? That narrative needs to be understood in the following way. What has happened, look, I, when I went back to MIT, uh, for my PhD, what I, the reason I went back has always been interested in medicine. I grew up in India where my grandmother was a, a real healer. In those days, in every village, was all, the women were always the healers. They understood the herbs, they understood food, they understood medicine, they understood, yes. right? The women were always the healers. They were the shamans. They connected with God. They could look at someone. They could figure out what was going on. They would figure out the right medicine, the right food. My grandmother would make me go get certain herbs. And this was a knowledge that was passed on. So women were really the center focus of many of these villages. And my grandmother was a village healer. So what I learned from her was the right medicine for the right person at the right time. It wasn't one size fits all. That's what we're doing right now. So that began, began my journey into medicine. And by, you know, I, I started, I was a research fellow at the age of 14 doing medical research while babies were dying in their sleep. So this has been a long trajectory. But one of the most important things to understand is that when I came back to MIT in 2003, I said, wow, I could really use my history of computing to really solve a very big problem. Imagine using the computer to model diseases on the computer so we don't need to go kill humans and animals. Right. You know, we can test on the computer. So that's what I created. But the reason I created that was pharmaceutical companies starting around 2003 have been basically tanking. They're not making money. Mm. This is something people need to understand. What's been going on is, we as people, we talked about this, we want clean air, clean water, clean food. 30 million people practice yoga. Everyone wants to live longer. People exercise, they walk, they take some, you know, we're getting educated. Hey, why should I take that drug? Is there an alternative? So that industry has been growing, right? The natural products industry. 
Meanwhile, pharmaceuticals are failing. Why? It takes around $5 billion to, to take a drug from the time they discover to market. $5 billion, 5.1 about. And it takes around 13 years for them to test it in a test tube, kill a bunch of animals, then get FDA approval, what's called phase one. They test on a few set of humans, phase two, phase three. It's a long, long process for them to take a drug through this process. And guess what? The drugs that are coming out cause side effects. So people sue these companies. So they spend $5 billion, 13 years. They only have seven years left for patent life. So it's a, it's a failing, their, their business model is failing. The trillion dollar pharmaceutical industry is tanking. Oh, okay, yeah. so, so now that brings me to this. So is there a hidden agenda here? Right. We get this virus, the yeah. whole economy is shut down based on some, some flawed data from two people that are, that, that are supposed to be the top expert doctors. Um, now we have to go into these different phrases before we can go back into society. What is the agenda here? What's going on? The, the agenda is, think about it this way. So I just talked about pharma companies. You ever watch those very, very interesting pharmaceutical commercials in, like primetime news? Around, what is it? It's this commercial where someone's in an awful condition and suddenly they take this drug and then the heavens open up. You've seen, right. you've seen those ads, right? Fear, then solution, and then heaven, right? Pharmaceutical companies are phenomenal at public relations, phenomenal at creating a problem, and phenomenal at delivering a solution. Amazing advertising. That's what they're really good at. Henry Welcome, who started GlaxoSmithKline, you know, Henry Welcome, the Welcome Trust, he, he grew up in a, in a uh, small drugstore, and his uncle taught him, you know, you can sell anything to everyone, anyone. It's all about marketing. So right. yeah. pharmaceutical companies yeah. are. Now, take that concept, now take it to a grand scale. You are a pharmaceutical company. Your business is failing. You know creating synthetic drugs is not going to go anywhere. They know this. Now you see, whoa, vaccines. Whoa, 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 new business model. And let me tell you how big that business model is. It's a multi-trillion dollar business market. And let me tell you what's even better than making drugs because you have to go through the FDA approval process. You have to spend $5 billion. And the drug that comes out, you and I could sue them. Now go over here to vaccines. In 1962, the National Vaccine Act was created by John Kennedy, which means the CDC was formed. And the CDC could set guidelines to vaccinate people. This is right after the polio vaccine, before the measles vaccine. And the science that they based on vaccination, which is still used today, is about, is about 50 to 150 years old. It's a two-box model of the immune system. It's a very rudimentary model of the immune system. Regardless, I'll come back to that, but, so 1962, the National Vaccine Act gets created. By 1986, Diamond and Silk, you know what was going on? What? Parents were saying, wait a minute, I took, took my kid to get vaccinated. I don't know him anymore. You know, he's completely gone. You know, neuroinflammation in the brain, what some people call autism, right? So people are filing lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit against vaccine manufacturers. Hundreds every day. So here come in a guy like Ted Kennedy, the brother of John Kennedy and others, and they said, oh, whoa, 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 we're gonna stop this. And you know what they did? Instead of getting rid of those vaccine guidelines, they said, we're gonna create a vaccine court. They basically screwed over the constitution. They took part of the court rights out of the judicial system, they created a vaccine court. And they created what was known as a National Vaccine Injury Program. And the National Vaccine Injury Program sounded good. What it was, was that you, if you had a child or I had a child, they got hurt, 
You can't sue the pharmaceutical company. You shielded them. You have to go to a vaccine court and you get to sue us, the American people, to protect the pharmaceutical companies and the limitation of liability. Have to pay for this all exactly, time. for their mistakes. For their stuff. So, yeah. so think about this. And by the way, so, so the vaccine, vaccine court gets created and now people have to go through this ridiculous process to even get remunerated, which is very, very hard. So, but the bottom line, what happened here in this process was pharma said, wow, you know, I take Vioxx, I can be sued. I take vaccine, I deliver vaccines, I don't get sued. So no risk. And vaccines don't need to go through the same testing, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three, double blind placebo control tests. Out of the 30 vaccines that are out recommended for kids, 30, not one of them has been double blind saline placebo control tested, not one of them. Wow. The HPV vaccine was a complete fraudulent test. So getting back to the agenda, I'm, I'm big pharma. My, my business market over here, no one wants to buy, you know, um, old Ford Edsels. People all want to buy, you know, new Teslas. What am I going to do? I'm going to move over here. I'm going to make sure everyone buys a Tesla, right? Or everyone moves to vaccines. So take this to the global level now. About three years ago, the World Health Organization, the UN, all of them got together and they developed, and this is all public, they developed something called strategic, uh, um, sustainable, sounds really cool, right? Sustainable development goals and they had 17 points in the it's called sdg3 it was their third version and what they developed was they painted a utopia like beautiful advertising we're going to have gender equality we're going to have no poverty we're going to eliminate you know co you know carbon etc this beautiful 17 point goal and and as a part of that utopia how do we get to that utopia vaccinate everyone Wow. Well, wait a minute. Okay. This, is, okay. this, is, this is written in the IA 2030 goals. And guess what? That entire SDG3 goals is supported by Gavi, the vaccine alliance that Bill Gates created, and supported by Hillary Clinton. So now let me see how this unfolds. Yeah, the I do see thing how is, unfolds. Who's behind this is the International Federation of uh, Pharmaceutical Manufacturers. And this is, by the way, out there in the open. None of this is conspiracy. So they created the Sustainable Development Goals, which said, this is the future. Beautiful. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want, right, all this beautiful world? And the way you get there, but here's the, here's the, here's the, uh, here's the, here's the um, trick here. We have, it says in there, IA 2030 report, no one left behind. First sense, we must vaccinate everyone. All right. Now that goals is supported by the Gates Foundation, the Clinton Global Initiative, and get this, the Pharmaceutical Manufacturers Association. All those pharmaceutical manufacturers who are all failing now, right? All their drugs are losing money. They go, wow, this is cool. Now check this out. Imagine now 7.2 billion people all being vaccinated. Just think about that. You know, who doesn't, you know, I, I've created many companies. Everyone wants to create a product that everyone has to buy, right? Everyone must buy. But typically, if you're selling Lipitor, only the people with, you know, you know, some uh, artery, you know, uh, heart issue are going to buy. If you're selling a drug for, um, you know, liver issues, only, liver, only those people are going to buy. But imagine you had a product that everyone had to buy. The clear, clear word is H-A-D, had, was mandated. So here... You have all the ph pharmaceutical manufacturers falling in line. You have the Gates Foundation creating this big, you know, as though Bill Gates is the savior of the world, Hillary Clinton is the savior of the world. And now you have the young kid on the block, Zuckerberg, coming in. If you look at all their three foundations, 
all vaccines, vaccines, vaccines. Now, that entire process involves the WHO, the United States CDC, Fauci is their front man in this. He's been at this for over six presidents. Mm -hmm. He knows how to play the game. And they got every academic in line because you know Fauci and Francis Collins of the NIH control all the funding to these guys. And I'm telling you, academia has become the oldest profession. I've said that over and over again. The good scientists leave because they have to get money and money and money. So it's all about mediocre people who know how to wheel and deal are the academics. And you know what? They're going to bow down to Fauci. They're never going to question him, just like the climate change stuff. You know, they don't question. MIT gets 20 to $40 million. One of my very good friends, Dick Lindzen, a professor there, he goes, you know, he's the one who wrote to the president and said, get out of the Paris Accords. I did this cool video that's out there. You may have seen it. It's got, I think, 3 million people where I show how the entire Paris Accords was a scam. Point is, academics need grant money. Well, who gives them their grant money in the biological sciences, Fauci and Francis Collins? It's a little click. So now you have everyone orchestrated. The end goal is the, the little you know, trinket here is, oh, we're all going to have this amazing world. Well, the medicine here to get that is you must, we must vaccinate everyone. So now imagine 7.2 billion people, roughly, I'm going to take a number, maybe it's $100, each have to spend about $1,000. That's $7 trillion recurring revenue. Recurring. Because now they say, wow, the virus is going to mutate. You need the next vaccine. Next yeah. vaccine. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And then our immune system is going to be messed up. Weaker. So now we're going to be sicker. Exactly. And now it's going to be more conditions. Right. So it's like an addict. You're going to have to give more and more vaccines. So what, what, the, what, I'm sorry, Diamond, go ahead. Well, I know that they're trying to create this globalization where this perfect world, but look at everybody is stuck in their house. Yeah. They're not getting any vitamin D. Exactly. They're getting more sicker because they're going to come down with high blood pressure right. and diabetes from just eating, eating, eating. If they don't go out into the environment, they won't become immune to the environment. And then what's going to happen if they stay in the house for a long period of time and don't work, they're yep. going to die of starvation. But let's exactly. go to the WHO. <laughs> when I look at the WHO and they threatened the president a couple of weeks ago yeah. with more body bags, and I see an, America, an American who is Bill Gates that is the second largest donor to the WHO not saying a word. When we see that the WHO did not give us vital information that could have stopped a lot of this here, what does that say about Bill Gates? He's not on the American people's side. Right, right. You no, know, so, he's so, for so pushing his vaccination. Yeah, he has because an agenda. Yes, yeah, so, so if you look at, look, I used to build software, right? I still build software. You know how software development works? You do alpha testing beta testing, and what's called the gold release. Alpha, beta, and gold, right? You don't put your product right away out there. Remember, he was part of this event 201, right? Where they did this pandemic testing. That was like the alpha test. In my view, this is beta testing. How much will we take? How much will we fall in line? And then they'll do the gold test, which will be full release of mandated vaccines. That's coming if we don't stop this nonsense. And that's why I've been out there wanting to educate people, and I'm really appreciative we're doing this. But here's the bottom line. Getting back to what you just said with the WHO, the WHO is literally the organization that's deciding what is a disease, diagnosis, right? They're creating all this. They create the narrative. Right, right. And you have, when you look at the, the Gavi, which was an organization started by Gates with about a billion dollars, don't forget Hillary's right here. The Clintons are right here. Yeah. So if we attack Gates, we better expose Hillary. There's people like out there who claim they're, you know, fighting against uh, for medical freedom, they're for vaccines, what I call the, uh, or against vaccines, the not so obvious establishment like this guy, uh, Bobby Kennedy, 
he won't say a word against Hillary Clinton. In fact, he endorsed her three times, yet he'll attack Gates. So we got to be very careful. Remember, the establishment is very clever. They try to mislead people. Oh, yeah, this guy's for medical freedom. Well, you know what? If we're going to talk about the Gates Foundation, we got to talk about the Clinton Global Initiative. You notice that Hillary's staying quiet here. The Clinton Global Initiative got billions, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of vaccines from Merck, which creates that HPV vaccine. Okay? And the Clinton Global Initiative's entire models vaccinate everyone. So you have the Gates Foundation and the Clinton Global Initiative serving the interests of trillionaires, probably names we don't even know. Okay, there's pe people whose names we don't even know. And the goal here is big pharma, which is a trillion dollar industry. If you go read about it, Gates Foundation brought in McKinsey. You ever heard of McKinsey? McKinsey is one of the brain trusts. They're sort of the consulting companies. They've mapped all this out. They have the business model. So if you just even just focus it from a business perspective, they're looking at a multi-trillion dollar opportunity over 20 years, right? A hundred trillion dollar opportunity, multi-trillion dollar opportunity to a business that's going down the tube. It's like they're going, they're going to go bankrupt. They're tanking. But vaccines are here. So what I see is they've done one of the biggest ad campaigns. This is an advertising campaign. Yeah. And remember, IBM's philosophy of advertising, which all of these people use, was F-U-D. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Wow. That's what IBM would tell you. I'm going to scare the hell out of you. I'm going to create so much uncertainty, create so much doubt that you, of course, buy Big Blue. That's how IBM used to sell. They say, look, we're Big Blue. You don't want to buy a computer from that little guy over there. We're going to be there for you. That's what the model is. Create massive amounts of fear using fake science. Create so much uncertainty and doubt with our neighbors that they start reporting on us and then lead to a fascist environment. And that's what we're seeing. People like you and I, they call us conspiracy theorists because we're trying to connect the dots and get to the bottom line. We're systems it. people, right. Yeah, so, so, so there's no conspiracy here. If you just start and look at the strategic development, uh, sustainable development goals, it's written right out there. I mean, we have the slides, you have it out there since we're having a conversation, but it, it's listed out there. Here are the goals. It's a utopia. And it clearly says in the other handbook, IA 2030, to get there, we must vaccinate everyone. They're connecting vaccination with everything. Yeah. And if you look at who's behind it, who supported it, are the people who I've just said. So this is black and white. There's no conspiracy here. And any foolish person who doesn't say this, they're working for the deep state establishment, be it the New York Times, be it BuzzFeed, be it all of these moronic public, they're deep state publications. So people need to understand their propaganda. They're the ones who, they're advertising. What they're doing is advertising. That's what's going on. The people who are, who, like us, are telling the facts, we're actually the truth. They are propaganda. They create fiction. And what's the goal? So look how Fauci's already put it out there. Immunity card. You may have to get an immunity card. Yeah. Right? The, and when he said that, I about had it. Because back in the day doing slavery, in order to go, in order for a slave to go from one plantation to the other, they had to yeah. have a note from the slave master. Uh -huh. So when I hear him talking about an immunity car, you're telling people they can't get back into society until they have this note right. to go you, from you one place to the look, other. You nailed it. Look, Diamond and Silk, this is, if you look at the long arc of human history, it's always come down to freedom versus slavery. Always. Always. At one time, we were in chains, whipped, beaten, right? Yeah. You know, my great-grandfather was an indentured servant. He had to serve on a, in, on a ship. 
you know, and then he got his freedom, right? It's always been freedom versus slavery. Now, at some points, it's been just out in the open, right? Physically chained, physically beaten, and told, do this job or, or you don't get fed. Then it became, they gave us a little plot of land. Okay, you get to work that land, and you give me 30% of whatever you make. Then we were wage slaves, right? Now, it's a different type of slavery. Cameras, I mean, and, and China is their business model. China has 200 million cameras watching everyone. They can read people's lips, okay? That is China. China the Chinese model is what they want to export. When I say they, I'm talking about the global elites who think they're better than you and me. They don't give a damn about any nation. It's beyond nations. And everyone should just consider this. It was only 200, 300 years ago, we had a guy with a crown on his head, sitting in a robe in a big palace, thinking he was better than all of us. This is not that far long ago, right? Mm -hmm. This is no different than what we have today, a Bill Gates, a Zuckerberg, a Clinton, you know, a, a bunch of people in the Chinese Communist Party, et cetera, thinking that they know better than everyday people. Wow. So people need to understand the psychology. And if we don't recognize what you just said, Diamond, is this is about slavery versus freedom. That's what this is really about. We're right at that inflection point with what's going on with this. And right now, even being able to be forced into staying, in, staying at home, not being able to work so you can eat, now you become government dependent because you have no money exactly. to buy food. And then you have a government, and some in government saying, you can't buy any seeds to plant any food. Right. right. That, yeah, a, a friend of mine, you know, we, you know, I'm running for U.S. Senate, as you guys know. We have lots of amazing volunteers on the ground helping us. One, one of our friends is a big construction guy. You know, big guy, lifts weights. He, he's got all these brawny, you know, construction workers. He goes, Shiva, my guys will not come to work. He goes, they don't even want me bringing your signature papers. They're afraid they're going to get some disease. And he goes, these guys are getting more money now from the government than they would from working, you know, than they, you know, when they worked it out. So like you said, we're making government-dependent people. We're scaring pretty strong people about what's going on. So the, the fundamental, if you look at this, it's a major ad campaign. That's why when I did that tweet, I think three or four weeks ago, I said, as an MIT PhD in biological engineering, I, what I see, and someone who studied the immune system, what I see is one of the biggest fear-mongering hoaxes taking place. Yeah. Wow. Destroy the economy, aim to suppress dissent, and mandated vaccines. And that's what you're seeing play out. That's exactly what's going on. And Fauci, what people don't fit, what people fail to realize is you're getting that money now, but when that money run out, you're going to get less of that and less of that. And then before you know it, we're going to be a third world country. Right. I, I have a, a, a question, um, uh, Dr. Shiva. Okay. So I understand that they're doing all of these, the testing. Okay. And understand what they're looking for in a test are they called like exorcisms? They are like something, a natural, something that naturally is inside of our body? Yeah, yeah. So, so there's things called ex exosomes, okay? So I know there's some videos out there, but to keep it simple, all right, they're looking for a piece of, imagine, nucleic acid sequences that match that, um, those pieces of that ladder, okay, that match that uh, what they claim is from COVID ID 19. But this is something that is like a natural occurrence within our body anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, so what I'm saying is this could occur in many parts of our body. It could already exist. And, the, and what I'm saying is that's why the creator of the polymerase chain reaction test, you know, Carrie Mullis, who won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry, said 
this test for searching for these things, these pieces, right, is right. itself not quantitative. It's qualitative. Qualitative means someone could make it a subjective decision, okay? It's not a quantitative test. It's not like definitive. It's not like... It's yeah. the final say. So This so, test said it is the final say. So when you have people out there with underlining conditions, let's right. say diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, uh, diseases, etc., within their bodies, your body give off this particular uh, exorcism or cells uh, to help protect itself from the immune system. So my question is, is that part of the puzzle that they're looking for whenever they're doing well, the test? Well, so, so, okay, so let's look at it this way. When someone is immunocompromised, or, which can occur in many ways, like you just said, hi, you know, they have other pre-existing conditions. What does that mean? At some point, it affects your immune system. Right. When your immune system is compromised, you know, in some way, your body is going to pick up all sorts of different viruses, right? Or all sorts of other particulates, right? Which start growing because you're in a compromised state. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is that that test is not definitive. It's not definitively getting that. So it could be getting false positives, right? It could be reading other things in your body, which by the way, in this polymerase chain reaction, they magnify. So if there's something little, they magnify it and they associate it. So the entire process is not a definitive test. It's not a definitive, now, now an antibody test, which, which just came, I just saw a report on this, I think in California, they said around 3% have it. So it's much less than what they actually thought when you do an antibody test. So the number of people they ha have this is much, much, you know, the infection rate is much less than what they actually thought. Mm. But, but I think the most important thing to understand here, forget viruses for a second, let's just put that aside. Right. Let's just forget that because part of this discussion is to get away from this fundamental truth that the immune system is a very resilient system. And the issue is how do you support resilience? That's what we should talk about. Viruses are always going to come and go. What happens next? What's going to happen next? What is going to be like a next, you know, annual TV show next year, right? Virus number COVID-29. Then next year, COVID-55. What? And then we're going to, you see what I'm saying? Is this what the world is going to become? And that's what they're trying to tee us up for. You see, they want to psychologically tune us. Oh my God, the virus is going to attack you and destroy you. Look. But it's something that's already in you. There's something you Well, no, it's everywhere. Have. Virus, well, it's in us, but it's also new viruses come and go. The viruses. You up an immunity to it. That's where the animals exactly. come from. There, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Oh, okay. what, what we want to talk about is silk. What you just, how do you build your immunity? Right. With, vitamin, right? Like with the vitamin D. How it builds right. Yeah, and there's many, many things. So if you go back to the 1900s, there's a, if you go back to, remember when there was a time when we had lots of infectious diseases. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, people used to live in close quarters, right? They were uh, yeah. unhygienic. Well, if you go back to the 1900s, the number one, uh, I think there's about 14 to 40 out of 100,000 people had infectious diseases. Well, that number precipitously dropped by 1950, 1960 to almost a half a person out of 100,000. Okay? Mm -hmm. Massive drop. Well, how did that occur? That occurred because of something very important, nutrition, vitamin A. We ended child labor. We had sanitation. We had refrigeration. Basically, the sanitation worker and the plumber did more for bringing down infectious diseases. And this was long before vaccines. Like the, by, by the time the measles vaccine was created, 98% of measles was gone. 
Mm, okay? Right. So let's understand that. So we talked about clean air, clean water, clean food when we started. It, fundamentally, it has always been infrastructure, public infrastructure, and us taking nutrition, which has really reduced infectious diseases. That's the core. Well, what do we have today? The United States, as President Trump pointed out, had a D plus in infrastructure, roads, bridges, you know, water systems falling apart. You know, companies like Monsanto polluting the, you know, our soil. That is a new infrastructure problem we have. The politicians, the lawyer lobbies don't want to discuss that. The swamp does not want to discuss that. Hillary Clinton does not want to discuss that because she took money from Monsanto. All right. They don't want to discuss that. But then they want to act as though they care about our public health. They don't give a damn about our public health. Because if they did, they would be shutting down the country with 30% obesity. They would shutting, they'd be shutting down the country. We have 600, 700,000 people per year dying of heart disease. They would be shutting down the country because of all the cancer. They would be shutting down the country because 1.9 million people get hospitalized every year from prescription drug adverse reactions. We don't see them doing that. No. Because they don't care about public health as you said, Diamond, it is another agenda. And the agenda is big pharma is failing and they need a market. Now they're, they're teeing it up. They're teeing it up where we're all so scared that we will say, yes, vaccinate me. Please vaccinate me. Yes. And also go make sure Diamond and Silk get vaccinated, your neighbors. I don't want them walking around. That's the environment that they're creating. Now they have a 7.2 billion people in the planet who will all be force vaccinated with an immunity card. And this may sound crazy, but this is where it's going. This is, yeah. And that's what Fauci's teeing this up for. Right. Yeah. We, we, we see that there is something happening. But let me ask you this here. How do people build their immune system yeah. so when these viruses and stuff come out, right. we can handle it? Yeah, great question. So first of all, let's go to what we always have known. Let's go back to Mother Nature, okay? The number one thing, there's something, as I mentioned, called the sun. The sun. The, reason, the sun is where all life comes from in terms of physical life, right? What does the sun do? The UVB radiation comes. Our body creates vitamin D. Vitamin D, particularly D3, is very important. That vitamin, diamond and silk, and by the way, the unfortunate thing is most MDs don't even learn this. They're, they're, they're very sad. Medical school education is all big pharma-based. But when that vitamin D comes into you, your body will create a chemical called cathelicidins. Cathelic. You know what these cathelicidins are? They actually bust up the cell walls of those viruses. They protect you, they're your fighters. So vitamin D, number one, boosts your immune system. And in the letter to the president, I actually laid out how much you should give people who are under distress and how much you give people, let's say, who are everyday people, pretty good shape. You give around 5,000 to 10,000 IUs. Vitamin C, extremely important particularly for those critically care, people critically ill. Think about what they're doing with the ventilators. People are coming in, let's say they're critically ill, they're, you know, their lungs are starting to fill up with fluid, and now you're sending high pressure air in there, which is gonna further destroy the lungs. That's why only 10% of those people survive who go on ventilators. It has been shown over and over and over again in ICUs that 10, in a minimum, 10 to, you got to give a big dose, 10 to 20 grams of vitamin C every six hours. I, 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 in the protocol with the president, I said 100 grams you know, over a day. But even if you want to take the 10 to 15, what it does is vitamin C is amazing. It first of all reduces inflammation. It lets your immune system modulate itself so it's not attacking, it, attacking itself. 
it also makes sure that your body eats up all the free radicals. It's quite amazing. And it stops viral replication. Okay? Wow. Very much like hydroxychloroquine. What's that? I said just an orange can help do that? Because you Well, you, well not just an orange. You need, well, what I'm saying is for people who are critically ill, you need to give them a high dosage, right? Those right. people. But for all of us on a maintenance dose, look, ideally you want to get everything from foods. You want to get stuff from the sun. Yeah. You want to get stuff from the gr dark green, leafy, you know, purple foods or rich vegetables. You know why? Those vegetables your body makes to create vitamin A. And vitamin A literally builds beautiful sort of walls. You know, we, call, we say build the wall. It builds walls around each of your cells and it protects you. So the virus can't even get in. Mm. These are cytokeratin, using cytokeratinization. So vitamin A builds the walls. Vitamin D provides you like the rifle to take out uh, the virus. And then vitamin C, you know, modulates your immune system as an antimicrobial. These are just basics. I mean, there's many other things we could talk about. The reason I put that in there was this is something everyone can afford. We're talking about everyday Americans who don't have a lot of money. Vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin A, these are things that you can get. Ideally, you get them from the fruits and vegetables and the vitamin C. But isn't it amazing that the head of the infectious diseases, Fauci, all that airtime he has, not one word about vitamin C, not one word about vitamin A, not one word about vitamin D, not one word. That's criminal. And he knows, yeah. He, he knows that. But let me just ask you this here. Even with people with preconditions, pre-existing conditions, because yeah. the one thing that the doctors made it known the other day is that African-American are disproportionately affected by COVID-19 because of the pre-existing conditions. So people with pre-existing conditions, could these here, the vitamin D and the vitamin C, those things help them? Definitely. Look, the unfortunate thing is people of color in this country, right, because I mean, this is a political thing, we never really address infrastructure issues in this country, right? We never really supported the infrastructure of the inner cities. We essentially hurt people's, you know, immune systems and all those things because we never supported people at the infrastructure level. We, get, we did giveaways like affirmative action, which were never the real solution. So instead of doing that, instead of supporting infrastructure, so African-Americans, people who are poor, typically have more pre-existing conditions. Some of it's genetic, but most of it's epigenetic. So yes, there's a disproportionate number of them who are gonna show up into the ICUs because they have a history of conditions brought to them by the fact not all of African-Americans can afford you know, organic food, right? You can afford it in Malibu, you can talk a good game there, but not everyone else can. Yeah. Not everyone else can get access to the education. So one of the things I'm doing is, you know, uh, we've done, I want to teach people how the body works as a system. So I've started training people on this. We give it away if people can't afford it. But if people start understanding the body's an interconnected system, it begins with knowledge. The second thing is, you know, if we're eating a lot of refined, uh, you know, sugars and the refined carbohydrates, which is part of a lot of the African-American diet, then you basically are creating situations where your body, it goes into all these disease states. But it's, it's really unfortunate because the typical doctor doesn't even have a nutrition course, mm, right? right? Think about right. that. They, don't, they can't advise their you know, uh, patient how to eat, how foods affect their body, or even create that consciousness in them. Right. So, it's not, so that's why I'm saying the liberal Democrats will try to make this a race issue. Right. Try to, right? And yeah. they'll try to use that against the president. It's not a race issue. It's a much more of a fundamental issue. 
you never addressed infrastructure and you disproportionately did not affect, address infrastructure in black and poor neighborhoods. That's what you didn't do. And then you say, oh, people have pre-existing conditions. No, you never address the fundamental issues because when the Civil Rights Act took place and when the movement took place, we threw a few bones. We said, don't use this word and, and give affirmative action. We never built the, inner, the conditions of the inner cities. And if they built the inner cities, it was with projects is what it was. Exactly. It was... Yeah. yeah they threw you in the project and they made a project, gave you a, a focus hope cheese yeah. and some peanut butter with all on no it. Exactly. But no vegetables, yeah. no fruit. No, but, and, and, and you know jams and jellies? Uh, do you know the FDA? You know, I, one of the things we started, um, one of the uh, thing, projects I did to help the food industry was everyone is saying, you know, uh, can you create a seal for clean food? So I ended up doing it as a labor of love. We created a new seal. You'll see it in some of the products. It's called Clean Food Certified. It means it has to be non-GMO. It has to be organic. It has to be high bioavailability, nutrient dense. We have a seal. So it's a very cool thing. But one of the things is that as a part of uh, uh, creating that, um, the, uh, one of our uh, women entrepreneurs called me. She said, hey, Shiva, I, I would like to get the seal. I go, what do you do? She goes, I make jams and jellies. I go, where are you? She goes, we're in Texas. She goes, I only pick the berries, I get them, and very small entrepreneur. And she said, do you know that the FDA will not allow anything to be tagged as jam or jelly unless it has 40% sugar? That is a definition of jam and jelly. Mm -hmm. So now what you just said, you know, people in the projects go to eat, they wanted some peanut butter jam and jelly, that jam and jelly is 40% sugar. Mm -hmm. So she said, wow. I figured out other so ways. you can face it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's and the fundamental... I'm sorry. I was going to say, look at the fast food restaurants that they have there, right there, easy access, uh -huh. two for two, and, a and, dollar and if, and if you go in the hood, that's all you see. And you really, in certain, in certain areas, especially like places in Detroit, they don't have nice grocery stores where you can go in and Farmer's there's fresh markets. food, right. fruits, yes. and vegetables. It's just little side corner stores, and most of them do eat fast food. Foods. And I'm just right. thinking about the different programs where they give you the foods, where people go line up in the hood, they go line up for the food, but what are they giving you in those baskets and in those bags? I don't see a lot of fruits and vegetables in those baskets right. or bags that they're giving to, to individuals. Yeah, and I, look, so, so this is a real public health issue. That's what, if you want to shut down the country, let's shut it down. Let's start teaching people how to eat well during the shutdown. None of that's taking place. Let's start teaching people what is good organic food. Let's really start talking about this kind of true racism. That's the real racism that people don't want to talk about. There, to me, there is a real racism, but it's not. It's the institutional racism of the Gates Foundation wanting to go to places like Africa and test their drugs on poor people. Oh, it's, it's too costly. It's sickening. To be okay, that's sickening. Okay, I, I have I have two more quick questions, well, probably three, but real quick, how much exercise should a person get in a day um, in order to at least be physically fit? Look, you know, it varies, right? But one of the most important things that it turns out is that even if people can get a 15 to 30 minute walk, okay, even if they can move their body, look, everyone's on a different span, but I think one of the most important things is movement. Walking is probably one of the best exercises. I mean, I can talk about gym and yoga and all. I mean, I, I do all of that. Yeah. But walking is just an incredible form of exercise. Over and over, people will say, you know what? I just started walking, right? Some, some people say do 10,000 steps. 
But walking is a very incredible piece. It's something that people can integrate. This doesn't have to be massive changes. Sometimes small changes done over a long period of time have incredible effect. But I think still this social isolation thing is one of the most important things people don't want to talk about because when people are socially isolated, literally your body will uh, open itself up for viral infection. You, your body literally at the cellular level creates less good things that fight viruses and it creates more things that create inflammation. That's right, you stress, yeah. you worry. Depressed. And what I don't understand is why is the left sabotating at the mouth? Sabotating at the fact that we, our economy has tanked. Mm -hmm. 17 million people are unemployed. 22 million, people by the way. are lined 22 up. Million in, 22 million now? Yep. People 22, are lined yep. up in the food banks to get food because they don't know how they're going to buy their next meal. And then you have somebody like Nancy Pelosi standing uh, right there in front of her $24,000 refrigerator and, 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 and touting out some, some $12 ice cream. And you got people that can't even afford to put no food in their afford, refrigerator because they, they don't ice. have anything coming in to do that. That's right. They can't even afford the ice. And that's what's so yeah, Look, look I, I'm telling you that it comes down to freedom and slavery. It's a parasites versus a producers. It's people who want truth, freedom, and health and versus the people who want power, profit, and control. That's where we're at right now. And wow. look what was going on six months ago. You had two leaders who got elected, one re-elected in India, Modi, who came bottoms up. You got Trump who had popular support here. You had protests going on all over the world, Hong Kong, Wuhan, yes. France, Venezuela. All those are gone, like this. The global elite shut them all down. They want to, and remember, it was very interesting. Trump went and met Modi in India. It was a very interesting signal, two big democracies. And I think he was sending a signal about populism, and they don't want that. They, they don't, don't want, want bottoms up. They want Emperor Fauci. They want Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. They want the Clinton. It's top down. What we're facing is are we going to be ruled by the state telling us what to do, or are we going to seize what's rightfully ours, bottoms up? The producers, you know, yeah. will the meek inherit the earth? That's what this is coming to. An okay? uprising. It's an uprising. And we, we may need that. And the issue is, my view is if people get it, it can occur pretty quickly. And, and what people need to get is that this is orchestrated. These people are very bright, they're very smart, and they're evil. This is not something that just happened overnight. If anyone That's thinks right. this just happened, you're really, really naive. This is totally orchestrated. And it's orchestrated by people who have a lot of wealth, who have computer simulations, they have psychologists watching. They're right now watching what's going on. How do we react? That's why they didn't expect people to put hashtag fire Fauci. They didn't expect people to put out a petition. We have close to 100,000 people who signed it now and nearly 3,000 MDs because what's happening is even medical doctors who are juiced up, they have the big ego, Marcus Welby, they get to, you know, they get to tell her they're even being treated like dirt in the hospitals because What's coming out out of this is all about profit, profit, profit. Right. Wow. Administrators, you know, there's every for every one doctor in a hospital, there's 16 administrators. Did you know that? I didn't know. For that. every one doctor, there's 16 administrators. That's what the facts are. And so the doctors and the and the you know frontline people, they treat them like dirt. They don't care about them. And, They're and running. A these doctors are saying that they've never seen anything like this with what this this virus is doing to the lungs. So it leads me to this this other question that I have for you. And this is just your opinion. Do you believe that this virus was man-made or did it naturally occur? 
It's, it's a good question. You know, there's been a bunch of reports out there, right? Let's, so, so whether it's man-made or not, whether it's man-made or let's just look at the end result. I call it biomedia warfare. You've created enough fear, biomedia, they're using biology and media, and to create enough fear. Now, it could have been man-made, it may not have been man-made, but regardless the end result, what is it creating? Incredible amount of fear. Panic and fear. Panic and fear. It has high infectivity. That's what the theory is, right? It goes everywhere because of the way that... So if the virus was created in a lab, let's assume it was. Well, we know it has a feature of high infectivity, which means it disperses much faster than SARS or MERS, but low fatality. So this serves a very interesting purpose from a propaganda. Imagine meshing propaganda with virus creation. You want something to disperse a message. You want it to go wide and you want the virus to also go wide. So it shows up everywhere. So you could argue that, let's say it was created, but what is the end purpose? You spread it wide yeah. globally, yeah, right? Because, see, it's, even though it's contagious, hold, yeah. follow me here. Even though it's contagious, it's not killing up 98% of the, the... No, 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 it isn't. No, it isn't. So that's why if we want to follow the theory that it was created in a lab, what does it serve? So by the way, remember I talked about those nucleic acids? Remember the yeah. 1,500 different? There's been various papers that said, well, some of it, uh, some of those nucleic acids could not have been mutations. See, viruses are constantly mutating, right? Right. Always changing. Well, those parts of those viruses uh, could have been injected, some people are saying, for, to do what's called engineer a particular purpose. So the purpose could be, remember when I said that virus lands on the cell and tries to get in? Yeah. Well, how much it gets in is its ability to stick on the surface and go in. That's called the infectivity rate. So that infectivity rate, you could potentially manipulate. So let's say they did do that. Let's give them that. Let's say, it's, let's, let's agree with the people who said, well, what's the end goal? It goes everywhere. Well, that's very valuable. If it goes everywhere, it goes back to what I'm saying, the strategic development goals three, infect the whole world, scare everyone in one shot, because the business is 7.2 billion. You want, you want a consumer base of 7.2 billion, right? Imagine having 7.2 billion followers following Diamond and Silk, right? That's what they, no, that's, that's the model that they want. 7.2 billion people always following them, right? Or 7.2 billion people buying. Always they, needing them. Always, always needing them, that, right. Like a junkie, like you say. Like a junkie. So that's the model. So what they've architected is that process. And I bet you somewhere is a business plan. I bet you somewhere is a project plan. I bet you, you know, that this has been architected mm -hmm. for the purpose of saving big pharma. Let's not forget Sanofi, that drug company I said, they've, two of their drugs are, are, are tanking because people, I think 30 million people in the United States now practice yoga. That's 10% of the US population. You go wherever, people want to live a little better. They're looking, they're reading on the internet. Right. And what do they see every time they read something that says this herb is good for you? Mark Zuckerberg and his wife blocking them with Facebook. No, 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 that's not fact check information. So while truth is trying to emerge, you also have suppression of truth. And that's what Facebook and Google are doing. Yes. So now they have a- Pretty soon everything that we go to research will be their narrative. Exactly. What we know, and, and you know what, and I don't mean to cut you off, Dr. Shiva. I no, 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 no. Yeah. Other week, 
And I said, in order to become immune to your environment, you must be in the environment. Keeping people quarantined for long periods of extended periods of time will cause them to get sick. And Twitter locked our account for about 30 seconds to make us take it down because you had to left uh, reporting to Twitter as if it was misinformation. That is not misinformation. Right. We have to go back to basics. If we got something here, we can't see, we can't touch, we can't smell, we don't know what this is, mm -hmm. and don't nobody know how to really treat this. Why not go back to basics with the herbs, with getting back into exactly. our environment or Exercise. whatever, in yeah. order for us to combat this? It's what, 330 million Americans? How many people across the globe? Why can't we all put our heads together right. to combat right. this here? Right. Let me ask well, you well, one way question. Yeah. Real quick, do you think Dr. Fauci, Afushi, should be fired? Yeah, he should not only be fired, but the I would say about at least two-thirds of the academics in the major universities should be arrested. And I'm not saying this, uh, you know, to make some exaggeration. What has happened over the last 40, 50 years to academia? The real good scientists have left. They're, because they don't fall in line. You see, the goal of academia, remember, Fauci's an academic. That's what he is. Remember, presidents come and go, and there's people, quote, unquote, the priesthood, the modern priesthood, who tells them what to do, the intellectuals, right? These guys come from academia. Academia was supposed to be a place you went to do amazing research because so you could have time to do it. Now it's become a place for some of the most biggest egomaniacs the biggest people who are incentivized to be, frankly, very average people, they get rid of the good guys, okay? So what academia has fundamentally become is a place where you go and wheel and deal. That's why that professor at Harvard got arrested. Think about what he was doing. He was wheeling and dealing. Remember that guy? Five yes, ways. Yeah. He, was, he was getting a salary. He was getting government grants from NIH. He was getting government grants from the military. And on top of it, he was getting money from the Chinese government, and he was helping them take really good students and exporting them to their, I think, Thousand Talents program. And this is occurring in every university. So there, I would say about two-thirds of these university professors are selling out this country, and they think they can get away with it because they, they, over the last 40 years, they puff their chest up. They think they know better. They own all the journals. You talk about the fake news media. There's also the fake news science journals. If I want to publish something, you know, I've published in all the big journals, okay, Nature Neuroscience Cell. But I can tell you this, that if I come up with something new and I don't, you know, uh, kiss up to the guy in the field, my new ideas will never get published. Oh, so right. the entire right. industry is based on kissing up to people. So when they say Fauci is a thousand citations, he kissed up to a lot of people. It's not about truth anymore. It's about a priesthood, quote unquote, a priesthood who controls narratives. And so, so the fake news behind fake news, President Trump has done an amazing job in exposing the fake news. My job is to expose the fake science because the fake news behind fake news is fake science. But they literally make up, they don't practice a scientific method. They don't practice it. They practice scientific consensus, which is a path to fiction. Scientific method leads to truth. So getting back to what you're saying, if we want to boost the immune system, the immune system is so complex. So to tell that you're going to tell everyone to get vaccinated is absurd. It's not one size fits all medicine. Everyone is unique. Your body is a little bit different than yours. And the way we heal ourselves is you find a practitioner, you, you get to know your body, and you find out what's appropriate for you. What I did was when I went back to India after I did my 
PhD, I wanted to find out why my grandmother's, the thousand years old of medicine worked. And I made a big discovery. I found out that the reason that it works is the ancient medicine forms were actually looking at the body as a system, as an engineering system. In right. fact, the words that they were using matched one-to-one -one with engineering theory. So I created a whole university, which I you know, helped a lot of people. We're retraining people called Systems Health. So with Systems Health, people can actually, you can learn it in 15 hours. The goal is to treat as, teach as many people as possible. And then they can understand their body as a system. And then I created a little tool called Your Body, Your System. And what we're doing as a part of our campaign is we give it to people. If they can donate, great. If you can't, if you're under economic distress, I sell, tell people to write me and we give them a scholarship. Because if people can understand that the, the ancient systems of medicine were not just woo-woo stuff, they actually, over thousands of years, people realized, you know what, turmeric is good for you. That yellow herb, it reduces inflammation. You know what, eating uh, you know, the green leafy vegetables is good for you. They're good, right? So people learned all these things over thousands and thousands of years. You know, in India, when a woman left her home to go to, you know, get married, the, the mother would give her this little box and it contained, you know, these six spices. Mm -hmm. This was how culture was passed. And those spices, if you look, were anti-inflammatory, antiviral spices, boosted the immune system because people over thousands of years. So, so the women in many of these cultures were the doctor. It wasn't like they had to go to a doctor. It was embedded into the culture, into the operating system, how you took care of your body. That's where we need to go to. We need to demolish this existing big pharma medical establishment. And, and we just have to destroy it. Go back it's to a, basics. We got to go back to basics now. They're good if something horrible occurs. Western medicine came from war. When someone got shot on the battlefield, you got to put, okay, if you, some horrible accident, God forbid that doesn't happen to anyone, right? That's when it's good. But it knows nothing about taking care of our body, food, nutrition, sunlight, right. you know, relationships, how powerful they are, you know, walking around, right? And many of these cultures where people live long, you know, they all drank always a local fermented drink, like a kombucha, like some type of thing, because that fermentation process supports your gut. The gut, remember those 60, 60 trillion bacteria? Well, that's yeah. part of your immune system. They're our brothers and Is sisters. They help us. Well, it fermates. It's like different things that, that it sits. Yeah, fermented foods, you know? Like, yeah. you know, the fermented foods people used to take. So it's really important to understand that we should use this opportunity to first expose this agenda. It is an agenda. Yes. And I'm sure Bill Gates's kids do not eat, you know, pesticide-ridden foods. I'm sure they don't. Any of his vaccines. Exactly. Uh -huh. So, however, he really think. Remember, this guy is a guy who didn't invent anything. He stole someone else's invention. Stole meaning he took it from someone and sold it to IBM because his parents were lawyers and they had, you know, they're part of the social mm -hmm. circles. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking at an entire model of these people actually think they're better than you and I. That they actually know better. I mean. We should call Bill Gates to an open discussion on this. Let's talk about the immune system. He has no What's interesting is the mainstream media puts him on. He has no degrees in biology, no expertise in, in science, but they'll be afraid to put me on because I will bring this down to the fundamental issue. This is about the immune system and boosting immunity. Let's talk about that. That's what the whole discussion should be about, Diamond and Silk, because right. if we go down their narrative, it's, it's like a rabbit hole. We're screwed. So but, let me ask you this quick question then. Why is it, because this is what it seemed like to us, that whenever a person would get tested for the COVID-19, that's when they died. Yeah. Look, 
Um, look at the number. I had the, the data on the number of people that are dying. Do you know how many kids have died in this thing? Young kids? How many? Uh, nearly zero. It's so low. It's, it's nobody really. Okay. In, 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 in Florida, for example, it's the latest statistics, 20 million people in Florida, 1900 cases among people under the age of 25. You know how many deaths? Zero. So we are, part of what we're doing is we're scaring our young people. What is the generation we're creating? We're scaring young people, the fear yeah. that's being created. So the real issue is when you actually look at the data, the actual data doesn't match the fear anywhere. Now, what they're going to spin it is, oh, it was because of us. We did the social distancing. We did this. We saved the world. That's where they're going to base it on. So they're basically cheating, and they're going to give us a solution, which we never, we'll never be able to know whether it actually worked. But we do know that boosting up the immune system has always worked. Reduce okay, let, let me ask you this here, Dr. Uh, Shiva. Dr. Shiva. Okay, so, all right. We've been hearing about this. And I don't even know if you can speak on this. We've been hearing about these 5G towers that while we've been quarantined in our homes, they've been going up everywhere. And I noticed that earlier you mentioned about Chinese, how they have all of these cameras. Is this going to, or is there any information or data out there that proves or suggests that these 5G towers that's going up in our country may affect the human body. Look, um, many years ago, I did research on electromagnetic radiation, which is what this is, right? Waves. There's two parts to the 5G piece. Uh, next week, we're, we actually have a lot of data that we put together because I, I wanted to be very prudent on this, but there's two parts of the 5G. 5G was created so they could have what's called the Internet of Things, IoT, which means every device in your home and everything could talk to each other. So this was the vision. Your refrigerator would talk to your computer. So when you were running out of milk, it would communicate through AI and, tell, and send a message to Amazon to deliver you milk, okay? It's called Internet of Things, okay? Wow. So 5D was literally created so every device in your home would, would be able to communicate with each other. So it was a set of, they, they created a set of frequencies to do this. Now, from a, the reason the Chinese by the way, the China has put this in everywhere. So from an <clears throat> economic standpoint, they'll be able to control their society and their ideas of vision is you can deliver products and goods and services faster. It's like building a whole new highway system with 5G, invisible highway system. Mm -hmm. But the fundamental part of that, it has created now a vehicle to, uh, to, to create the surveillance state. Mm -hmm. They can watch everything, know everything we're doing, every little detail from what you bought, where you were, et cetera. So in China, they can actually know uh, where people have been, what they're saying, they read their lips with the 5G cameras, and then they start assigning a social score to them. Is this person that's someone we should watch for? Are they Trumpers that we can't trust? Or are they, you know, because you can watch everything. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest detriments, one of the biggest things people should be concerned about is this technology will make us a surveillance state. Ooh. Everything we do will be watched. now. The second part of it is the waves that are going through there, what will they do to our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. How do they affect our bodies? Mm -hmm. Now, the 4G wave and the 5G wave, 5G is a little bit of a different bandwidth. Clearly, we know that when we have a lot of electromagnetic radiation, it affects our bodies. One of the important areas that I'm looking at, and I'm going to have some uh, stuff to talk about this, we have a part of our body called the pineal gland, 
you know, in the, in the Bible, I would say two eyes become one. You can see the kingdom of heaven. I forget the exact thing, but in India, we call it the third eye, right? Third eye. Yeah, the third eye, which is actually a gland called the pineal gland. Well, research shows that pineal gland has certain electrical properties, all right? And it turns out that pineal gland is a central controller of your whole endocrine system in your body. And it's been shown, and, and I'm putting together this data, that the electromagnetic waves can affect your circadian rhythms in your body. And those circadian rhythms control many, many different diseases, whether you're healthy or not. So what I can tell you is if we have a lot of this ENM radiation everywhere, the effects onto the body definitely need to be explored and how much it affects us is what the issue is. So I'm going to have some stuff on it next week. There's been a lot of stuff on it. You know, 5G does this, 5G it ionizes this, et cetera. And, it can, and then people have said, oh, the correlation between vaccinations lead to that. I just want to be a little bit careful before I come out on that because I feel we already are getting closer to the real enemy, which yeah. is big pharma. And, you know, and then should we go after big telco? I think once you unravel this with what's going on right now, it gives us a lot of weaponry to really go after the establishment. And sometimes we have to also recognize that the establishment is very smart. They'll also throw out stuff out there to try to have us go in 50 different directions. And yeah. part of the, the, the road to victory is really recognizing the big agenda here. The big agenda is pharmaceutical companies are failing they have to have mandated vaccines. That's their big, big grand slam. That's what this is about. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Very okay. Interesting. So yeah. I know that you're running for Senate. In Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Yep. And um, give us a rundown of what's happening and how can we all help? Well, the way everyone can help is to make sure that we recognize that the U.S. Senate election in Massachusetts is not just a US Senate election in Massachusetts. It's becoming really an election for truth, freedom, and health. I mean, we have people all over the world watching our election. All over the country, people are supporting our election. And the reason is because we've been articulating that Massachusetts, if you look at it, Diamond and Silk, is the center of the deep state. Let me tell you what I mean by that. If you go to the, if you go to the one mile radius between MIT and Harvard and you drew a little circle, I would say that's the longitude and the latitude of the deep state. I can give you a location. Because all the people, the, you know, the elites get trained here. I happen to be someone who rebelled from it, okay? But the deep state, the, the, the sewer that feeds the swamp in D.C. comes from here. Mm. Elizabeth Warren, Charlie Baker, Bill Weld, who ran against Trump. Um, the Republicans are not even anywhere near Republicans here. So that's the first thing people need to understand. So we're running on a platform of truth, freedom, and health. So the way people can help is really absorb that truth, freedom, and health. And what we're saying is without freedom, without digital rights, and I have a solution for that, which is a postal service, which was supposed to be the vehicle for us transacting communications, is not doing their job. They should be providing a vehicle for us to have the equivalent of a YouTube, Facebook, email in, in a public commons. That's what postal mail was. When Jefferson designed the postal service, it wasn't just for transacting mail. They also designed a police force. So if anyone stopped your mail, 20-year sentence in prison. Mm. What I'm saying is the Postal Service should renew their goal. And I've spoken to them in 1997. They didn't listen to me. And then 2011, the inspector general hired me to write a series of reports showing how they can make a lot of money and help all of us. If we would all probably pay about 50 bucks to have an alternative to Facebook, Google, YouTube. But 
our communications would be protected by the Constitution. Even the Postal Service can stop it. But we need freedom, the ability to communicate, digital rights. That's the freedom piece. Truth. The way we're going to get a truth is we need to smash the scientific establishment, which has been corrupted. And the way we do that is citizen science. Citizen science. There's a lot of smart. All of us here are pretty smart. Mm -hmm. Not just a few elites. So here's a solution to that. When we fund any of these institutions with our tax dollars money and some guys doing some experiment on vaccines or something, that data should go up to the cloud. It's your or my data. And you and I should be able to get it. No one even knows where this climate change data is. Try to get it. We paid a lot of money, billions into it. So citizen science, that's the truth piece. And then we need to have health. How do we get to health? We need to get rid of all these middlemen. We need to re-encourage the individual doctor, the family practitioner to have a relationship with you and I. That's how we get there. It's not going to come top-down mandated medicine, big hospitals, big pharma. And the Citizen and the Health Rights Act basically says there's a bunch of middlemen who beef up the cost of medicines, whose incentive is we all, not only for us, but doctors. The average doctor comes out of medical school, he's got so much debt, before he wanted to be you know, noble and help people, he can't even start his own practice because he's got to hire two lawyers, three administrators, all this paperwork. So we have to get rid of all these middlemen. So truth, freedom, and health. So the way people can help is go to Shiva for Senate, understand we have a man, understand it, join this movement for truth, freedom, and health. Tell all your friends. And if people want to donate money, when you give uh, the campaign money, we actually give you back knowledge. We give you a book called System and Revolution which teaches you how the body is a system. I give you tools so you can start understanding how foods and how vitamins and how exercises actually affect uh, you. So if your body has a certain, each one of you has a certain homeostasis where your body likes to perform. And if you don't eat well, you don't take care, you're away from it. And then you can get back to you by understanding these inputs. So the goal of our campaign is we're not gonna wait until to winning to help you today. The goal is to help people along the way. Along the right. way. Along the way. It's not the typical politician, give me money. I'm going to, no, we don't need to do that. We're doing that now. Like what I'm going after Fauci, that's part of the Citizens' Right, right Act. You know, when we're sharing our knowledge, that's part of the health piece. And then, you know, I put together a whole way that, you know, I created the first email system. So I know what email is, what, what the digital world is. When you have people like Zuckerberg and people like Google controlling all of this, Five people control our freedom right now. Yeah, right. Mark Zuckerberg, you know, the, the Brin people over at Google, and three of the telco companies. We need to have our own public network by the people for the people. That's what the Digital Rights Act is. Truth, freedom, and health. So everyone, everyone out there needs to support the campaign. But right now, we need to get on the ballot. The establishment politicians don't want to get us on there. I'm running as a Republican, but I'm more, you know, support the way that the president's been doing this. Remember, the Republican establishment did not support Trump. He wasn't really, he was, he was President Donald J. Trump, okay? And so right. what we need to do is Massachusetts, the Republican Party has not supported him. So we're running against the tide here. However, we have a huge upsurge of people. We have Democrats, independents, Republicans, or Trumpers all love us from the way we attacked Warren last time. They see us as fighters. So people need to go to Shiva for Senate and scroll down and click, and we need your, your ballot signatures. If you click, we'll send you a form. You can fill out your name so we can get on the ballot. We need another four to 5,000 more signatures. They, they won't allow us collecting signatures at the grocery stores. They sent out the cops. Even though we're supposed to, by law, we're able to, supposed to be able to do it. So we're doing it online. People go to Shiva for Senate. 
They scroll down, they click a form, they give us their name, their address. Our volunteers are out there right now. We, we're mailing people the ballot, uh, the nomination forms. Okay. So those are the ways that people can um, help all of us. This is not my campaign. It's not a Senate campaign. It's actually a movement for truth, freedom, and health. And I think in some very interesting way, if you believe in God and how God works, I think this entire process with the coronavirus has been a, an incredible opportunity for me to have the honor to share all this incredible knowledge that this country yeah. was able to give me. I wouldn't have been able to do this anywhere else. You know, I worked hard, but I was given amazing opportunity by these great teachers yeah. and the infrastructure. So by having the opportunity to be here with, you know, both of you, it's, it's a really an honor to share this because people need to understand that over the last 60, 70 years, that the establishment in the deep state has wanted, they, they profit from war and sickness. That's what they profit from. Mm -hmm. And as long as you profit from war and sickness, they have no incentive to make sure everyday people, be it people in neighborhoods, black people, white people, poor people have access to good food. Food yeah. is medicine. That's, a, that's what Hippocrates said. Yeah. So let's go, like you said, Diamond, and start to back to basics. Good food, family, relationships, sunshine. That's how we get health. That's period. Right. Not Bill Gates. <laughs> right. Now, let me ask you one more quick question. Were yeah. you um, one of the youngest individuals in college? Did they write a story on you back in the day? Well, well, I was, well, I was one of the youngest kids. Well, I, I went to MIT pretty young, but I was one, one of the youngest scientists. When I was 14 years old, I had a fellowship as a research fellow at Rutgers Medical School. I've been working since I was a kid. I was doing landscaping. You know, I played baseball. I wasn't just a nerd, by the way. You know, my parents, you know, I, you know, I, I grew up with people who taught me how to paint, to landscape, but I, pro, I you know, I, I, I wrote software when I was a 14-year-old kid. And I think, just to be clear, when I come out and I attack Gates and I attack Fauci, you know what the mainstream media says, he didn't invent email. Well, just to set the record straight, email was not invented by, at MIT. It was not invented by the military. It wasn't invented by the Defense Department. It was invented by a 14-year-old American kid in Newark, New Jersey predominantly African-American. Before I came to MIT, my customers were everyday secretaries who, uh, remember the old fashioned inner office mail system? I remember. Always a woman had the typewriter, she'd write, she had the inbox, the outbox, the folders, she'd write a thing called a memo with carbon paper. I converted yes. that entire system, yeah. not simply sending little text messages, that entire system, as a 14 year old kid, I worked very, very hard until two in the morning, wrote 50,000 lines of code. And I converted that entire system, and I named that system email, a term never used before in the English language. And I got the first US copyright. My parents weren't lawyers. I had to do all the paperwork on my own as a teenager. And on August 30th, 1982, I was issued the copyright. So I wrote all the code, called it email, and have the copyright. This is black and white. The problem that bothers them was, this wasn't done at MIT. You see, this was done in Newark, New Jersey by a young kid in a collaboration of a loving family, amazing mentors, <clears throat> you know, and uh, public school. That's where innovation comes from. Not from war, military, industrial, academic complex. Not from Hillary Clinton going and invading countries, right? They have brainwashed us to think, we go kill other people and you get Tang and Velcro. By the way, which also didn't come from war. So they have brainwashed people to deny our humanity, which is that, real solutions, whether it be to viruses or taking care of our bodies or email. Or by, and by the way, TV was invented by a 14-year-old kid in Franklin, Idaho. 
Real stuff comes from the edges, from everyday people. Right. They want to brainwash us that we need Bill Gates the savior. Yeah. We need Mark Zuckerberg. This is what it's all about. It's a brainwashing of denying our own humanity because all of us has God in us. All of us is a spark of God. And, and creativity and innovation is what it means to be a human being. Mm. And, and we each have our own brain. We should be able to think for ourselves. Right. Exactly. Man to the slaughter like a bunch of hogs about to get killed or something. Exactly. And, and I think that's a fundamental issue. They want to deny us our own humanity. So really, we're at this point. Are we going to be humans, you know, a, yeah. a co-creator with God? Or are we going to be machines? The yeah. Chinese model is to make us machines. Right. That's what this is about. And it's what you said earlier, Diamond, are we going to be slaves or are we going to be free people? Right. And that's what, we're, that's what this is all about. And right. for everyone listening, you know, our campaign and I think what you guys stand for and everyone, you know, who really cares about this country, it's really about us standing up and taking responsibility of our lives. That's right. Not outsourcing that's it. Awesome. That's right. Yeah. Listen, wow. Dr. Shiva, listen, it's, this has been, a, I mean, a wonderful, yes. a beautiful conversation. We can go on for hours because oh. I love this thing about the healthiness. And You're coming back. He's coming back. We should make some chai tea. We should talk about herbs and, you know, yes. we should talk about traditional cultures, you know? Roots. Uh-huh. Yes. Things of that nature. Oh, my God. Listen, yeah. a lot of times they don't want you to say so much about certain things because, oh, my God, that's a conspiracy theory. That's false or whatever. Right. But we all, as a nation, as the world, going to have to have a conversation. We're going to have to get back to yes, basics. Yes. So will you promise us that you will come back on the definitely. show? Definitely. I'll definitely come back. Thank you. Then yeah. I want you back. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we should come back. You know, we have some awesome content that's going to be coming. We're, you know, I'll be doing something on just on vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D. Yes. You know, uh, but one of the big things we're going to do is we're going to really have a good discussion on deeper into educating people how they were bamboozled with the HIV AIDS thing. That's where, yeah. this is Fauci's second rodeo. He's done this yeah. before. And, and I found out too with them doing the vaccines, like for SARS, um, they asked the question, well, why didn't you complete the, you know, the, the vaccine for SARS? Well, Dr. Fauci said, well, it went away. Well, it just magically just went away. So they stopped with all of the money that was invested into these vaccines. Uh, uh, they, they stopped doing the research on that. Yeah. So I'm looking at this here, what, what we're going through right now. They're talking about doing all of this research, but I'm noticing how other countries are starting to, you know, uh, 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 get out of this. They're starting to be okay with this. They're not having no, the high numbers of deaths and so forth. So what are they using if they're not using these vaccines that hadn't even been created? Right. Look, the body uh, is a quite an extraordinary thing. It's quite resilient. The real issue is the immunocompromised people. Yeah. Those people in our community, which are growing, right? And, and as they grow, yeah, they're going to be more susceptible, not only this virus, any virus. So it really comes out of, let's boost the immune system. Yeah. Let's teach, let's go back to basics, gotcha. go back to basics. We got you. Yeah. And listen, if you all have any questions, our, our, our audience out there, if you have any questions for Dr. Shiva, for Diamond and Silk, just put it in the comments section. Mm -hmm. Whenever we have them back on, we'll be sure to ask those questions. So right. just make sure that you comment. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Thank you so much, Dr. Shiva. Thank you so much, yeah. Thank you so much. Listen. You know yeah. we love you. We are supporting you. Yes. And listen, you all, make sure you go to his website. You will see it on the lower third. Uh -huh. Go there. Sign the petition. I even think he have a petition to fire Fauci. Yeah. We do. It's, 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 it's right on the page. It's almost like a, close to 100,000 now. Okay. All organic. But do Dr. Bryce, 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 whatever her name is, do yeah. she, 
Does she have a connection to all of this? Oh, as well? yeah, she, she works very, look, all these guys are one little incestuous little pool. You, you don't get to those positions, Diamond and Silk, as you know, as you hang out at the right parties. You go yeah. to, we, we all know the game they play, right? Yeah. So it's one little family there. Yeah. And, and it's not about immune health. It's about big pharma, big pharma, wow. big pharma. Power and control. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Much. Be well. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you. Much love. Thank you.